Hey guys, let's uh, pray and uh, we'll get started. Oh, I feel just feel so bad for you because I know how that is. Uh, Father God, we just thank you, Lord. We are just so appreciative for uh, you giving us this day, giving us life, health, and strength. Lord, just allow us to uh, have attentive ears in the class and uh, attentive ears as Emilio is preaching, has attentive ears as we're worshiping through song. Lord, let this just be a time where you're glorified, you're worshiped. Uh, we just praise you as the awesome and mighty God that you are. Lord, we're just asking for grace through this uh, uh, Sunday school. And, Lord, uh, just uh, give the teacher grace, too. Lord, we just ask for these things in your son's precious name. All God's children said, amen. amen. Um, we're in Genesis 10 and 11, and I gotta, I'll, I'll let, for y'all that didn't hear, I wanted to, to start Chapter 12, but I couldn't figure something out in Chapter 12. So we're going to do Chapter 12. The original plan was to do Chapter 12 next week anyway. So we're going to do Chapter 12 next week. But I really wanted to get Chapter 12 because then we could do a little bit more in, in, uh, with Abraham. But there was just something I couldn't figure out. So uh, when I figure it out, I'll let you guys know next week. So there's a teaser for you guys. You can all come back next week. But uh, in Genesis 10, has anybody ever stopped? Now, because if, if you don't have a study Bible, if you don't read, like Jason, I see Jason's got the ESV study Bible. If you normally read, like, just a text Bible, there's the table of nations in Genesis 10, and you don't ever see it, but it's good to have a visualization of the table of nations. That's at the bottom of your page. Um, each chapter is about, uh, or the chapter is all about the spread of the race, the history of the tribes of the descendants of Noah. Uh, there are 14 groups from Japheth. There are uh, 30 from Ham and 26 from Shem. The pattern, uh, that, and this shows the pattern, if you look at the chart, it's color-coded and all of that, um, to show how they settled and where they settled. Now, the issue is not just that they settled in these places for uh, their health. The Bible shows us, uh, when you see it played out, actually put on a chart, the Bible is, is telling us where these people went and how they were associated in times of war, in times of good, um, how they how they. Uh, how groups would join up with other groups, how they would fight each other and go to war. And it's, it's really kind of fascinating as you're reading through um, the history of Genesis if you can keep this chart or one like it in front of you, simply because as, you're, as, you're, as it's talking about uh, the Amorites or the Philistines or people in Miseram, that's Israel, you'll see, hey, okay, this is where they're coming from, this is where the Israelites are, this is how they, this is how they move around, this is where the, the things happen with different people. It's kind of fascinating. So the, as we're in chapter 10, the first thing it says, now these are the records of the generations of Shem, Ham, and Japheth, the sons of Noah and sons that were born to them after the flood. So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about in chapter 10 how people after the flood, Noah has this flood, the land dries up, and then it's how we're going to spread out from these three, these three men and their families. So the first one in, in verse 2 that it talks about is the sons of Japheth. They were Gomer, Magog, and Madiod, and Javon, and Tubal, and Meshach, and Tyrus. And then it just lists all the sons of those sons. And that's basically that same repeated pattern is all you're going to get in Genesis chapter 10. You've got Japheth, son, Ham, son. Uh, Shem, son. And I was like, there's got to be something in there that's interesting. And I think I found it. If you get to verse 8, honestly, verse 8, in verse 8, it's talking about a man named Nimrod. 
Nimrod is fascinating simply because false religions today, basically you can trace them back to Nimrod. So let's see what it says about Nimrod. So he is the son of Ham, who was, uh, and, and he is uh, a son of Ham, and the, the sons of Ham were Cush, Mizraim, Put, and Canaan. And the sons of Cush were Sheba, uh, Havilah, Sabbath, Ramah, Sabachtica, and the sons of Ramah were Sheba and uh, uh, Dedan. Now, Cush became the father of Nimrod. He became, a, he became a mighty one on the earth. What's up, bro? Um, ooh, butt cut. Okay. Uh, a mighty one on the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Therefore it is said, like Nimrod, a mighty hunter before the Lord. The beginning of his kingdom was Babel and Erech and Akkad and Kalanel, or Kalanel, uh in the land of Shinar. So... Here's a question. If you are a mighty man on the earth, is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? It depends. Yes. That's what I want to get to. That's the issue I'm going to get to. There is a translational issue when it says that he is mighty before the Lord. My, who's got an NASB? Anybody got an NASB? Most people here. Anybody have an NIV? Nobody, ah, nobody has an NIV. Um, where it says Nimrod was mighty before the Lord, that can be translated that he was mighty as he was mighty opposed to the Lord. Really? Yeah. And, that was, and as I read that, I was like, okay, that explains a lot of things, but you don't see that um, translation very often. So I'm it's, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, you're reading the commentary and a guy says this, but I'm like, okay, you're, you're, I think I've read that in two, two commentaries. That's not, a, not an issue, though, that a lot of people bring up, so I'm wondering how valid it is. Does that make sense? If, if only a couple of guys make this comment, it makes me kind of wonder how true it is. You know, if you're reading, you know, five or six different commentaries, a couple of books on this and that, and only two guys make this comment that you can translate this opposed to the Lord. Kind of makes me go, eh. But it makes sense in the fact that Nimrod was opposed to the Lord. He led a people that were opposed to the Lord. And his, his legacy is one of opposition. Does anybody know what Nimrod means? Today or back then? Today. Rebel. That's it. Rebel. That's what Nimrod was. Now, it's fascinating that back in the, in the time, you know, a lot of people had names that were related to what their character was. Okay? I, actually, I like yours. I like Knucklehead. That's, a, that's one. Well, that's fine. I'm going to see if we can, like, change the lexicons in the Hebrew. You know, Nimrod will be, will be Knucklehead. But it's... As, as Nimrod is one of the cursed ones, okay, he's the son of Cush, the grandson of Ham, the great-grandson of Noah. So as, as you can tell, there's an issue here with Nimrod and what he's going to do. So verse, uh, we'll start back in verse 11. From the land he went forth to Assyria and built Nineveh. Now, I didn't know that when I was going through this. I did not remember that Nimrod had built Nineveh. And uh, Rehoboth ear and Calah, and resin between Nineveh and Cala. That is, uh, that is the great city. Mizraim became the father of 
uh, Ludum and Anamim and Lababim, and I can't even say that next word, and Path, Rush, M, and Cush, Lahim, from which came the Philistines and Capthorim. All right? Just talking about these people. So again, as you're dealing with, it's just, you're going through this list of people, it's just talking about their sons, but why has God chosen to pull out Nimrod? Does anybody have any idea? Why did God say, we're going to pull out this man who, when you read the stuff about him, he was thoroughly evil, okay? So why did God put this in there about Nimrod? I've got a plethora of hands to choose from. Anybody? Anybody? There's no wrong answers. We're just talking. We're just family here. Well, maybe, maybe it's got to do with the fact that it's post-flood and God's still just revealing the sinfulness of man in some way, maybe. There you go. He has taken this one man, and he's going to use him as, because remember, you've got creation, it's all good. You've got creation, man, it's all good. Then you've got the snake, the woman, the man, and we fall off the cliff, everybody dies. You remember that? Everybody dies? Right. Then you've got the flood, and what does it say about when it gets to the end of Noah's life? It says, and he died. You still got everybody dying. So after the flood, we're like, okay, God, you've wiped out everybody. Things are pretty good. But now we're back to a man doing evil. You've got men are starting to do evil again. So what does Nimrod do? So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna keep moving on, okay? Canaan, in verse 15, became the father of Sidon. His firstborn and Heth and Je uh, the Jebusite and the Amorite and the Gergesite and the Hivite, and the, and the, and the, and the, and the, and the, you all get the point? It's just talking about, you've got these people on this, if you look at your map, it's telling you again, where they went, and how they spread out. So when you get to uh, verse 32 of chapter 10, that's the verse I wanted to focus on. These are the families of the sons of Noah, according to their genealogies, by their nations, and out of these nations were separated on, or and out of these nations were separated on the earth after the flood. So that's the key to, to me to the whole the whole chapter is, okay, look, you've got these men who had kids, who had kids, who had kids. They spread out and they populated the earth. But there was one problem. God had said, go forth, be fruitful, and multiply. Just cover the whole earth, do the whole thing. But they decided not to. They decided to congregate in one particular spot. That's chapter 11. Now, chapter 11. Now, the whole earth used the same language and the same words. Now, the whole earth used the same language and the same words. Turn back to chapter 10. Look at verse 5. From these, the coastlands of the nations were separated into their lands, everyone according to his language, according to their families, into their nations. And it says that about all the sons. So it's not that everyone was speaking the same one language. All of the, the, the sons, they all had different languages, but there was one central language. I happen to think that it, it might have been related to Hebrew, something like, you know, close to Hebrew. I don't know. But... 
every individual, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, have got their own languages and their sons, but there's one. One common language that they all spoke, which goes back to what they spoke on the boat with Noah. Okay, you all understand me? So when, when we get to the end of what happens at the Tower of Babel, it's not that there's going to be just one language in the world. It's going to be that one common language. So when it says the same words, that they spoke the same words, it really means they had the same lip. Okay? These people were just people that it was a matter of the language that they spoke was common to everybody. Okay? It wasn't the same language. Verse 2, it came about as they journeyed east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. They said to one another, hey, come let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they used the bricks and stone and they used tar for mortar. They said, come let us build for ourselves a city and a tower whose top will reach into the heavens. And literally that's whose top heavens, okay? They were trying to build this tower, and its top was going to be the heavens. And let us make for ourselves a name. Otherwise, we will be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. That is, they're saying, we want to build this tower so we specifically don't have to do what God said do. We don't want to be spread all over the earth, so we're going to build this tower, which will cause everybody to come here, locate centrally, and just we're going to worship at this tower. We're going to pray at this tower. We're going to do everything at this tower, and we're not going to go forth and fill the earth. Now, if they haven't seen from Adam and everybody else down the line, is it good or is it bad to do what God said? It's a good thing. You know, if God says it, it's kind of good to do it. But they, they haven't learned. Okay, so as you, on the back of your sheet, you've got a picture of, it's called a ziggurat. That's just, that's the temple that they built. Do we know how tall it was, how high it was, what it was shaped like? No. Do we have an idea? Yeah. That was just a picture that comes from the, uh, a book that's really popular right now that I told Chris that I was going to put on there, so I put it on there for him. Um, but that's the, the point is, this is just a big building in the middle of nowhere that's growing up, growing tall, so these people can worship around it. Now, if you were there, would you worship? Would you worship? Would you worship at that building? Probably not. Who says they would worship? Probably. probably. I probably would. The whole world is going to this building and worshiping. Mm-hmm. But would you worship afterwards at that building? Because what's God going to do to their languages? He's going to confuse them. Let's get to that in the text. So, <clears throat> verse 5. The Lord, boom, okay. The Lord, he came down to see the city and the tower which the son of men had built. God came down, and he said, look, this is what he said. Behold, they are all one people, and they, and they all have the same language. And this is what they began to do. And now nothing which they purpose to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and there, go, go down and there confuse their language so that they will not understand one another's speech. God says, as, as long as we can communicate in this one language, 
if I can confuse that language or make them forget this one language or however God did it, you guys won't be able to communicate and you can no longer build this tower to the heavens. Why did God not want them to build this tower? You put on the paper here that it stood as a signal of man's unified rebellion. That's it. It's, it was something that man had built that said, God, we don't care about you. We're not listening to you. We don't care that you've told us to go forth and multiply and spread upon the earth. We're going to do what we want to do. Now, is that a dangerous position to be in? And does that echo back to what the snake, the, the snake said to Eve? Hey, eat this fruit and you'll be like God. She was thinking, yeah. Hey, build this tower. And we'll be like God. And they're thinking, yeah. Problem. Verse 9. Or verse 8. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of the whole earth, and they stopped building the city. Therefore, its name is Babel, because the Lord confused the language of the whole earth. And from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of the whole earth. So these people went forth, confused in their language, and they had nothing left to do. Now, I put on your sheet under, this is uh, supposedly a picture of Nimrod. All right, that's who Nimrod supposedly was. But right under this is a, is a little paragraph that I think is important. Now, it was in Mesopotamia, in Mesopotamia was Babylon, which means gate of God. This enormous city with all its power and wealth and military might stood as a signal of man's unified rebellion uh, against God. It was therefore marked for confusion by God. So here is the, the name of this city, since supposedly um, the gate of God, where you could go and you could enter into the gates of the gods, but God said, I'm not going to make it a gate. I'm going to close the gate. I'm going to shut the gate down. And it wasn't a gate of God. It was like a stop sign of God. He said, no, y'all are not going to do what you're looking to do. Hey, John. Sir. I've also heard that, um, you, know, that you know, the symbolic also commands trying, you know, his attempt to try to get to God on his own, yeah. almost his own access to God, whereas God is showing that, that is one of the theories that I read, and that's probably the one that I'd go with. It's a good theory. Yeah, that's the one I would go with. Um, but at least it's a good picture. It, it's, and I'm, I'm trying to remember now the other ones, because my, my brain is getting foggy. Um, the other ones that I read, uh, it, because one guy actually said that it was not a picture of that because, ah, I can't remember. I have to bring that. I have to bring that that book next week. I can't remember, but the the, the thing that I go with is what Pastor Melio said. It's a picture. You've got these people. Um, I actually had a, a professor in Bible college say that uh, it was this this tower went up to the up to the skies and they went up there and they worshipped God and what it was was they wanted to be where God was, and you had God came down in the Garden of Eden, but in at the Tower of Babel, man went up. Do y'all see what I'm saying? And and I'm like, makes sense. I don't know if it's true, but it makes sense. So the issue is, if, if God has told you not to do this, if God has said, go forth and spread upon the earth, and you decide not to, will you receive the blessing of God? 
No. They didn't receive the blessing of God. All right? So, now, when God says, let us go down, does anybody see something interesting in that let us? Who's he talking to? Trinity. Oh, I like the way you guys think. Y'all are thinking smartly. Could be. Could be the Trinity. You know, and I happen to think it is. But people will tell you, well, he's talking to the angels. He's talking to this people. He's talking to that people. But I think, again, it's another, it's another uh, just a piece as we are in the New Testament believers looking back saying, yeah, could be. You know, and, and I think it is. And so that's a good, another place where God has shown us just a glimpse into who he is. Okay? But now, uh, verse 10. Verse 10, from verse 10 to the end of the chapter, it's going to repeat what we had read in chapter 10 about the generation of Shem. But the thing that it's going to get to is in verse 15, where it talks about uh, Peleg. Peleg lived 30 years and became the father of Ryu. Peleg lived, 200 and, lived 209 years, and he became the father of Ryu, and he had other sons and daughters. Ryu lived 32 years and became the father of Sirug, and Ryu lived 207 years and became the father of Sirug, and he had other sons and daughters. Does anybody see that these uh, lifelines have gotten shorter? If you remember what it's talking when we did the genealogy in Noah's day, they lived 900 years, 800 years, such and such, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years. But when you get to just a few generations later, they're not living that long. And in verse 16, it talks about a man named Eber. Does anybody know who Eber is the father of? Yes. He's the father of not a man, I should say, of a nation. Does anybody know who Eber is, the, is considered to be the father of, as the father of this nation? Eber was the first Hebrew. Okay? So Eber was the man. What's happening is you're having this constant narrowing process. And you're just getting down to what, when you get to verse, when you get to chapter 12, it says, now the Lord said to Abram in verse 1, Abram is who, this, who, the, who the text is trying to get to. Abram is who this whole, uh, I, would, I could say, rush through all of this historical stuff has been trying to get you to see. Abram is, the, it, Abram is the man that the Bible is trying to get to. Because what was your question the first week? Because I wanted to address it now. Do you remember it? I don't remember it. Because um, that would have been a question that I could, I could answer that now because we're at Abraham. But like I said, we're, gonna, we're actually going to cover Abraham next week because there was just some things about uh, in Chapter 12 that I wasn't sure about. And I just wanted to make sure that I understand them before we talk about them. <coughs> Excuse me. So today's lesson, we're just doing two chapters. All you've got is the descendants of Ham, Shem, and Japheth. And then you get Nimrod, who, who creates all of the bad religion in the world. He's a Nimrod. Hmm? He's a, <laughs> Joshua said he is a Nimrod. Um, and then you get the Tower of Babel. Does anybody have any questions? Where do they get that he's the father of the Hebrews? It's a, it is a 
etymological thing through the name. And it, it's uh, actually pretty fascinating when you study who he is and who his family was and all of that. Now, I haven't gotten big into genealogies in this class because I simply think, like, we haven't gone through who's the father of, who's the father of, who's the father of, simply because I don't think that's something that we all need in a class like this. But uh, if you want to do that or talk to me afterwards, it's, it's kind of actually kind of fun to see who he is. Yes, ma'am. I just had a comment. Um, I was thinking about how the building of how it's kind of like religion now. There's so many languages, and they're trying to get to God, but there's only one way to get to God, right. to Christ Jesus. Right. Just that analogy, I just thought about that. You know, and and the funny thing is, I'm sorry. To the days that were. Excuse me. Nimrod's influence is still felt today in the fact that uh, if you follow, if you know anything about Roman Catholicism at all, a lot of that comes from the, the, the religion that Nimrod set. Um, there's the Asheroth and the Tammuz and all of that stuff, all of that goes back to Nimrod worship, or not who Nimrod was worshiping, I should say. And the whole thing is it's all demonically inspired, it's all demonically infused. I mean, Satan just did it, and what it is is if Satan can get man to have a slightly, not a whole, Satan does not walk up and say, hi, I'm Satan, worship me and go to hell. Right. He walks up and he's disguised as an angel of light, and he says, hey, I, I, I believe in God too, but, you know, you're God, or that man's God, or you can get there by doing works, or... He's just going to add a little something to God, a little, just a little, mm-hmm. just a little bit. That's all he needs to do to taint who God is, because God has revealed to us who he is and what he wants in his word. And if he just adds a little bit to it, did God really say? Mm-hmm. That whole thing goes back to the, that, that I think is the original lie, you know, did God really say? And from there comes in false teaching, false religion. Okay. Anybody else have a question? Yes, ma'am. What Pastor Amelia was saying a while ago about the tower being built so high. Is, so they were thinking that literally they were reaching God. Yes, and that's why they built that tower yes, to the heavens. It, it, it's, when you see pictures of, of uh, the Tower of Babel, some of them will be like really, really high going like the picture here. You know, to build a building like that back 4,000 years ago would have been amazing. Okay? But there's actually pictures of ziggurats that are more from that area that are like maybe six or seven stories high. The, the, the issue isn't that they were trying to build it up to God. The issue is they were trying to just raise themselves up and be like God. Like I said, in the Garden of Eden, God came down, and all they wanted to do was raise themselves up so they were going up to God. And that's, again, that is a mark of false religion. That's what people want to do. And, but you can't do it that way. It's all by grace. So, you know, if, 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 if nowadays, you know, people, I think uh, the first man in space, when he went out into space, so he's higher than any man's ever been before, he says, I don't see no God out here, okay? But that was the whole thing. We're, we're trying to go up to God again. He, he expected to get out there and see God. Well, God's in, he's a spirit. You can't see him. God's not going to be where we think he is. God lives in believers, and God is omnipresent. He's all throughout the world. But you're not going to see him like his face. Does that make sense? Any other questions? Uh, 
Babel? Babel. Heard, well, maybe it's just a theory in my mind. Um, that that was, maybe he already said it, but is that like where they get the term Babylon? Yeah. And that's, that's something I, I was telling somebody earlier. Uh, the, the Tower of Babel, I did not know when I started to study that Babel and Babylon were the same place. Uh, and are they like Frisco and Dallas are two different cities, but if you tell somebody um, from Dallas, you know, I, I don't know. But it's in the same general area is what we can tell, and, and I, I think it's the same place. And, again, when you, when you study where all of this goes, which is what we're going to get to with Abraham, it's amazing. Yes. Well, that would be consistent with Abram being in Chaldees, yeah. because that's ancient Babylon. Yeah. Okay. Basically. Just and sure yeah, because you, you've got again, if you're if you're not paying attention as you're reading, right. and you just kind of read sections, and you break it up into sections, it doesn't you know you don't not, you're not sure where everything is. But Does if you it read say it, why the Chaldees versus the Babel or Babylon? No. no, it doesn't. No. Like you haven't come across it. No, I haven't run, in, run anything like okay. that. Sorry. Any other questions? How is it that you figured out that Eber was the start of the Hebrew? Uh, it's most, mostly it's through the word Eber. It's et etymology is the study of words and where they come from. And you can trace that word, you can trace the Hebrew word back to Eber. And that's where it comes from. That's where the, the word the Hebrew comes from. It's root or stem of yeah. the word. Hebrew is, is a three-continent language. So uh, the trying to figure out what it would be in Hebrew. I guess it would be HBR, um, Eber, or something in that effect. It's basically that, that relates to the word Hebrew, and that's the Hebrew people come from Eber, and he's the father of those people. And I think um, as we're going through, I can't remember if, it's, if that's in the genealogy anywhere in Genesis, but I'll try to find it so I can bring it for you guys. Any other questions? I, I told you today was going to be a short lesson. I told you it was going to be the best lesson and the worst lesson you ever had. Yes, Chris. Can you speak to the, the fact that, because I think I kind of missed the connection, like how it said that they didn't speak all the same language, but then they did? Explain yeah. Uh, when you go to chapter 10, in the verse 1 of chapter, or verse, verse 5 of chapter 10, it's talking about the sons of Japheth, Japheth but it says this about the other sons too. It says, from these, from these, the coastlands of the nations were separated into the lands, everyone according to his language. So if Japheth has got a language and his people, and Ham and his people have language, and Shem and his people have language, and it's a different language. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's like uh, if you're speaking uh, Spanish and you're speaking Italian, Italian and, <laughs> and, and I'm speaking Ebonics, Okay, it's three different languages. Okay, it's three different languages. But I think, and this is what the, the sources that I read came up with, that there was one common language. One it was called a lingua franca. Like Koine Greek. Like Koine, it, it's the, uh, like English would be today. Mm -hmm. Everybody speaks this language. Everybody knew it because again, you're coming after the flood. Everybody, whatever Noah spoke is what they spoke. Mm -hmm. And and I think uh, as you're reading the Bible, sometimes because. I'm sorry, dialect. Uh, I have a problem, and maybe you guys have this problem. I tend to like squish stuff together, but there's more time in between things than I sometimes give stuff for. If it's talking about this guy was the father of this guy, and there was 200 and some odd years, and then he had, he had other sons and daughters, and then he died, and then one of the sons and daughters, and there's 300 years, and then he, what? 
500 years, 700 years, 900 years. This is, that's a long time. I mean, we live now 60, 70 years. So if, if there's one language, and that's what I think God confused. I think the, this, whatever that language was. Would you, would you say it's kind of like uh, in China, the main language is Mandarin? Then you have like dialects. Yeah. 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 Sure. I, and, and, and actually, if you think about it, if you've got, if you think about China and Japan and Taiwan and all of those, all of those groups came from one language. You know, it, all of those, the, it, it, I hate to say it, you can look at them and tell that they're all related, you know, somehow. But, you know, <laughs> but they all now speak different languages because they're in different parts of the world. But I'm sure if you, if you wanted to do the study, you could trace it back and back and back and back and say, hey, they all spoke. You know, Mandarin, I don't know. Yes, sir. They, they did have, like, one language. Yeah, they, they were all similar as far as the pictures and everything. The pictograms? Yeah, yeah I'm, sure. I'm sure. Yes, sir. Oh, question. Yeah. In that same verse, what are you doing in, in verse 5 with the part where it says the coastland people spread in their land, but they didn't all stay right there? They, they did, as you look at your map, if you look at your map on the front of the page, and it shows the descendants of Japheth, if you see that they're mostly up at the top, and you've got uh, Kittim in Cyprus, they, they spread out, but they did not spread out globally. And so as, 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 as the call was to come back to this Babylon, I think the people now on this map, they had spread out so far, and again, they're spreading out over what they would call the known world. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, were they in South America? I don't know. But I don't think they had gone as far as they could. They were to keep going. And then I think when this tower was built, there was a call back. And people kind of, I don't think everybody, I don't think with a map exodus back to this one place. But I think people started to come back. And then God said, no, we can't have that. Y'all get out. And let me confuse your language. Yeah. Did that answer your question? I want to make sure I did. It answered it. Okay. You, you're not satisfied? Uh, I don't know that, uh, that I'm sold on the, uh, the whole, all the languages at once right yet. All the, I, I, don't know, I don't know if. I have to look more into it, but where he's saying that there's all these uh, spreading, uh, each with his own language, I don't know yet that he's talking about right then that they all have their own languages. He may have just talking generally forward-looking that they're all having their own language, but at that point they might still have one. That, and that, that, is a, that is a uh, linguistic option. That would probably be. That is a linguistic option. But uh, the, the way that I'm looking at it and the way that I, as I read that I understood things, I was like, okay, it says that they're speaking in their own languages. And that's different than the language that God confuses. So if there's languages with an S and a language with no S that God confuses, that to me is separate things. And so that's... I agree, that, but what I'm saying where he's saying the language is, is he's saying, it comes that, later. Is he's saying that forward looking yeah. to that, but it doesn't happen yet. That's so not... It is still one... One language at the time. That, that, that's what I'm saying. It's linguistically, you're, what you're saying is possible, what I'm saying is possible. Yeah. There's no way to make a, a determination through just language. Any other questions? Uh, came in a little late, but I, was, I saw this thing about the, the Nimrod, and I was wondering how do we how do we get the fact that there are a lot of the false religions, you know, have come from him? Is that is that another uh, etymology type? No, from from Nimrod, the, the the reason that we know a lot of false religions come from Nimrod is simply because of what he set up in place, and it, what he set up in place was he he would use he would use things to worship. He would use other things to worship, and his worship was not directed at God. And as you just trace, if you, I mean, if you want, like I said, if you want to really look at the Roman Catholic Church, it's just like you follow these things back, and you're like, 
Nimrod was doing that back in the day. Are you talking about Babylon? No, I'm not talking about Alexander Hissop. I'm not talking about Alexander Hissop. I just wonder, how do they know? Because I don't think it looks like the Bible really says too much about Nimrod. It doesn't say much about, that's why I'm saying, that's why I said all of this stuff happens that we get other information about Nimrod. Um, not from the two Babylons. Does anybody know what the two Babylons is? Has anybody ever heard of that book? Uh, the two Babylons, I, uh, the reason he's laughing, because I don't, I don't think it's a really scholarly book, but a lot of people will cite it. Yeah. So um, it's, I don't think it's a good book to read. But, um, and that makes connections to stuff. But I, I think it's more about what Nimrod did that we can, look, that we can honestly look back and just follow this stuff back. But it's in other sources. I think there's some in um, that's what, that's what I'm there's Jewish sources. There's other historical, there's other, a yeah. historical approach, too. There's yeah. other Jewish sources. Day, even Zoroastrianism type stuff. You can look back on that stuff, and you'll see it. It traces so over. That's kind of where I'm getting at. So that's how we know that that is true. It's not yeah. from the Bible, but from other historical sources. sites. And yeah. Well, the story's only going to back up with the Bible. I agree. I agree. Stuff. Any other questions? Got a question? Oh. Oh. Well, let's pray, and we're going to re re release today. It was a quick lesson today. It was two chapters. Wish we had more, but we're on time, so we got, got some time. You can get some coffee, go to the uh, little boy's room or little girl's room. So let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for uh, the opportunity to cover these two chapters. Lord, I look forward to next week um, dealing with the Abraham and, and God's call to him. And, Lord, uh, we just look forward to uh, what you're going to do with us today through worship, uh, through the preaching of the word, through just our fellowshipping together. Lord, uh, thank you for this church. We just happen that you would uh, bless the elders of the church, Lord. And, uh, Lord, we're just looking forward to um, what you're going to give us uh, through your preached word today. We look forward to Thank you for the Sunday school lesson. Thank you for giving me the uh, opportunity to prepare it. And, Lord, uh, just look for you to be uh, just mighty and grateful, or gracious as you are. And, Lord, uh, we'll give you all the praise, honor, and glory. In Christ's name. Amen.